Welcome to the Freedom House Church Weekend Message. Today, you'll be hearing an exciting message from a communicator on our teaching team. Whether you're just waking up, on your way to work, or going for a relaxing evening walk, we know this message will equip you to experience Christ's freedom today and every day. So enjoy. the time, tis the season, where you would think we'd have every reason to smile, to stay, and talk a while with no weights bearing on us, and with all hope to believe in. But as fireplaces crackle and silver bells jingle, as families mingle and smile, they laugh, all the while inside feeling a weight bearing on them. Wait like the toy bag of jolly old Kris Kringle. It's a weight that seems burdensome. Heavy, it's steady, but it's there. And we're all aware of its presence, a heaviness present. And in our hearts, there's a longing. We are more than just ready, more than ready to drop this weight, to feel lighter, our hearts brighter, as maybe just maybe hope cuts through doubt like a razor even greater with the love and help of our savior we may see the weights all along we're really just paper amen you guys like that bumper isn't that awesome Man, Christmas time is one of my favorite times of year but you know what it's also a time that's tough for a lot of people Amen. And so, man, this series, I think, is one to bring you hope. And I'm really excited about the message I have for you guys today. I think it's going to give you something to chew on this week and, and put some hope in your heart. Well, my name is Olin Carter. I get to serve here on our teaching team. Um, if you're new here, I think we I see a lot of new faces in the house today. Something very um, special, unique about Freedom House Church is that we have multiple campuses around the city, but we have a live communicator at each and every service, um, each and every week. And I always like to take a moment and just give some honor to our senior pastors, Troy and Penny Maxwell. Give them a hand if you would. Um, I love their vision to to build the church on a team of people because I get to be a part of the team, and you do too. And so I just love that. Um, And I do want to greet those that are joining us online today. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes um, to join with us to, to worship together. We have people right now in California, Florida, Georgia, Um, Mississippi, New York, Ohio, South Carolina, Texas, and Washington. You guys give it up for them joining us on uh, online, and uh, we're so glad you're with us today. So glad that you're here. And before I get into the message, I want to encourage you, if you haven't already downloaded our Freedom House app, go ahead and do that now. You can take out your phone. You text the number 77977. Um, and you can download that app. You put in FH Central, if you're online, FH Online, and it'll prompt you through how to download the app. Or you can just go to your app store. It's right there under Freedom House, and the app gives you a way to take notes, and the reason I'm telling you that is because I'm going to give you some stuff today you're going to want to write down, okay? 
I'm going to give you some nuggets, some things, some practical tips that you're going to want to write down, and I believe it will help you in your life this week. So make sure you, you have the app and uh, you're ready to do that today. And so my heart today is that I, I want to give you guys some practical tips some things that are going to inspire you and give you some practical things you can take out of here and apply to your life today, Monday, all throughout this week, all throughout this Christmas season. As I, as I said a few minutes ago, Christmas is a special time for me. I love Christmas. Um, I love the holidays. It's, it's a lot of fun. I get excited to be with my family. But how many of you know for a lot of people, Christmas is not always the most fun time? For a lot of people, it's a time of regret. It's a time of anxiety, of loneliness, of depression. And so our heart as a church is that through this season and through this message series that we would bring some hope in your life. If you're somebody that's struggling during this season, that by the word of God, we would give you some hope that, that God is there for you and God has love for you. And the whole point of this series is called Paper Chains because sometimes our chains, the, the struggles we have in life can feel so heavy, they can weigh us down. But we believe when you get a revelation of God's love for you that you'll understand that those chains are really just made of paper. They're really, they don't have to have the power in your life that sometimes we, we like to give them. And so um, the message that I have for you today, the title of this message it's called the kryptonite for your chains. The kryptonite for your chains. Now, show of hands, how many people do I have in the house today that's a Superman fan? Anybody in here like Superman? Yeah, a lot of hands go, I love Superman. Just, just to be honest, I am a big Superman geek. I love Superman. Um, a few weeks ago, I looked up on YouTube the original Superman. I wanted to hear the intro of it. And how many of you old folks in the house know the best Superman is the Christopher Reeves version? Amen. You youngins don't know nothing about Superman. That's the real Superman, Christopher Reeves. He was the best. But I looked it up. I just started listening to the first few minutes of that. And man, I mean, just get you fired up. I mean, just the just the drum and just the, the the initial intro, the dun 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 dun. I mean, I'm just like, come on, man. I mean, I'm just like about to jump out. Of, I'm like, this is awesome, right? I mean, it just gets me fired up. I mean, it's Superman. Superman's so powerful. He's so, he can fly. I mean, he's bulletproof. I love that one where the guy shoots the bullet and it just bounces off his eyeball. I mean, I'm like, how powerful? I mean, he, that's amazing, right? But sometimes we forget that this little green rock called kryptonite, can make Superman totally powerless. This, this Superman, this guy that can fly, that can lift buildings, this little green rock can make him powerless where he can barely even stand up. And you know, sometimes in our lives, I believe that the chains, the struggles that we go through can, can kind of feel like Superman. They can feel powerful. They can feel heavy. They can, it can feel like there's no use in even fighting back because I can't win. I can't overcome these chains. I, maybe you've had chains in your life that you've been dealing with for a long, long, long time. Maybe those chains have started to feel powerful just like Superman. But what I'm here to tell you today is that in God's Word, He gives you and I a kryptonite. He gives us a weapon that we can use to make those chains powerless to even feel like they're paper. Now, the good news is, is you handle this kryptonite every single day. Every single day you touch it, you hold it, you have an opportunity to use it, to embrace it, or to reject it. Every single day. But before I tell you what it is, let's read in God's Word and let's see if you can figure out what this kryptonite is. So we're going to turn in our Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 1. And we're going to read verses 3 through 8. 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 
through 8. And, and if you have your Bible app or whatever, turn there with me. How many of you know you should read your Bible in church? Amen? Amen. I could just be making this up. I mean, come on now. Y'all got to check me out. Make sure I'm not, I'm not leading you astray here. So read this with me. Get your Bible app out. This is a great passage of Scripture. Verse 3, it says, By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Man, that's good already, isn't it? God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who has called us to himself. Listen, Jesus didn't just die to forgive our sins. Jesus died to call you to himself. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to be involved in your life. Isn't that good news today? That he called us to himself. It says, by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious Promises. I mean, this passage is one of those passages. I mean, it's good and it just gets gooder and gooder and gooder. I mean, it's like a cake and he's just layering the icing on top and the fruit and all the good stuff. I mean, it just gets better and better and better. Man, he loves us. He's given us precious promises. That word precious is like a precious jewel or stone. It's weighty. It's it's impactful. It's important. Man, it can change your life. He's given us precious promises. It says these are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature. Man, we get to share in the very nature of God. And not only that, we get to escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Verse 5, and pay attention here. He says, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement or add to your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge. He's saying add to these things. Add to your faith. Add and to knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for one, for everyone. Verse 8, he says, The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, there is so much packed into that passage of scripture. I mean, so many good things. When, when I see it in my mind, it's like a treasure chest that we open from God's Word. And so if you imagine there's a big treasure chest right here, and I open up the treasure chest, and you've seen in the movies before, right? Like Indiana Jones, they find the treasure. When you open up the treasure chest, it's like this light just, you know, it's like, oh, it's like the angels are singing, right? And it's like the gold and the, and the diamonds, and as you open it, oh, Oh, I mean, every time you open it up, you just, oh, it's like the angels in the light just coming out. And you're like, whoa, it's a treasure. And there's diamonds and there's gold and there's platinum and there's silver and there's rubies. And there's all these promises that God has given us. But see, the important part of this passage, the most important part, I believe, is like this little green rock, this little kryptonite that God has given us to have victory over the chains in our life. But sometimes we're so enamored with all the oh, all the gold and all the jewels and all those precious promises that we miss the kryptonite. We, we stroll right by this weapon, this power 
that God has given us in this scripture, in his word, to live a victorious life. To live a life to where the chains that would bind us feel like paper. We miss it. We miss it. And see, God has given us these promises. God has given us all these jewels, all these things. But see, the point of this passage, when you read it over and over again, the the turning point that Peter has in this passage of Scripture is that God has given us all these promises, but, here's the turning point, but we have to choose to respond, he says, to the promises of God. See, God's given promises to everybody, but how many of you know everybody's not walking out with the promises? The treasure of God's Word is available for everybody, but how many of you know that everybody in life doesn't fulfill or live in the promises of God? Everybody doesn't live with the joy and the peace and the meaning and the purpose and the healing and the forgiveness and the blessing that God has for us in His Word. Why? Because they leave the kryptonite in the treasure chest. Because God has given us all promises, but some people choose not to respond to the promises of God. You see, the kryptonite that God has given us is called personal responsibility. The greatest spiritual weapon God has given you is the ability to choose. Some people would say, well, what about faith? But you have to choose to believe. Well, what about prayer? You have to choose to pray. Well, nothing's more powerful than God's Word, but you have to choose to read God's Word and believe God's Word and to speak God's Word. You have to choose to respond to the promises of God. You have to choose. And so this kryptonite that God has given us is the ability that He's put inside of us as people to make a choice to respond to His promises. You see, here's the truth. When you take responsibility for your chains, they begin to lose their power in your life. When you take responsibility for your chains, they lose their grip and their power over you. You see, personal responsibility is a great blessing. But people look at responsibility all wrong. You see, when you hear the word responsibility, you're like, ooh, that's like broccoli, right? I mean, you hear responsibility, and that's not like pizza with pepperoni. No, no, that's like broccoli. That's like Brussels sprouts, right? It's like, that's like ooh, responsibility. I don't want responsibility. But it's because we look at responsibility from a human point of view. You see, when you look at responsibility through the lens of Jesus Christ, When you see responsibility, the ability God has given us to respond to what? To His promises for us. The fact that Jesus has already paid the price for our failures, for our mistakes. When you begin to understand that responsibility in Jesus has all the benefits and none of the baggage, man, it's an awesome gift, amen? You don't have to worry about messing it up because Jesus has already paid the price. Listen, you can't lose in this deal. I heard this pastor talk about one time he went to pray for this lady and she had uh, cancer. And he gets to the hospital and he goes into the room and he says, Hey, I'm here to, here to pray for you. I heard you, you know, need, needed some prayer, so I'm here to join with you and agree and, you know, what, what you need. She said, Well, what do you, what do you mean, what do I need? I'm, I have cancer. He said, Well, I know that, but I mean, what's the problem? Well, what do you mean, what's the problem? What kind of question is that? I've got cancer, I'm in the hospital. 
Well, I get that. I heard that all that, that part. I get it. We're in the hospital. But, but I mean, what's the, what's the issue? What do I pray with you about? Well, what do you mean? I've got cancer. I could die. And he said, well, no, yeah, I get that too. But what's the issue? What do you mean, what's the issue? I, I've got cancer. I'm in the hospital. I could die. And he said, well, aren't you a Christian? And she said, well, yeah. What does that got to do with it? And he said, well, if you die, don't you go to heaven? Well, well yeah. And he said, well, number one, calm down. You can't lose in this deal. Either I'm going to pray for you and God's going to heal you and you're going to walk out of this hospital room and testify to the glory of God. Or if you die, you're going to open your eyes and be looking at Jesus. You can't lose. That's responsibility in the kingdom. When you decide to take responsibility for your own life, when you decide to take personal responsibility through the lens of the blood of Jesus, you can't lose. He's already paid for your mistakes. And the good side is he's given you these great and precious promises that you get to respond to. But we have to make a choice. You see, the danger in responsibility is looking at it the wrong way. See, as a believer, you've been redeemed from worry. But the problem too often is when we think about taking responsibility, and I'll just talk about me for a minute because I know y'all don't do this, but I do this, okay? Y'all don't do this, but I do this all the time. When I have a problem, when I'm feeling the chains, what I do is I focus intensely, I obsess over all the things I can't control. And then I never take responsibility for my role in it. I never take responsibility for my mistakes, for my sin, for my failure. But I obsess over all the other people and the things and the economy and the president and the news. and the, I obsess over the stuff I can't control, but I don't take responsibility where I can respond to the promises of God. See, here's the problem. When all the issues in your life, all the chains in your life are somebody else's fault, You've given other people all the power in your life. When you live a life blaming everyone and everything, you don't have any power to influence the direction of your own life. And God has not designed us to live that way. So I'm going to prove it to you. I don't want you to take my word for it. I could be making all this up. So I'm going to show you in God's Word. So I'm going to give you six points today, and I'm going to talk real fast. So you've got to write this stuff down and get your pen out and be ready because I'm going to talk really fast, and I'm going to go over these points, Okay. So I'm going to give you six points. I'm going to give you three points that are all about the why. Why you should take personal responsibility. Why these scriptures are telling us that. Why is it godly? Is it biblical to take personal responsibility? How is it our kryptonite? But then I'm going to give you three points before we leave today. I'm going to give you three areas in which you can apply this to your life today. All right? You're going to get, you're going to get practical advice. Is that good? Is that good? Now... Well, wait a minute. Before I get into it, let me just warning label on this. When I'm done, when I'm done, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you to pick one thing that you're going to take responsibility for. So if you don't want to do anything, listen, don't write this down. Just put your fingers in your ears right now when I just go, la, 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 la. Don't listen, okay? Because how many of you know when you hear God's word, he's going to hold you responsible for it, right? All right, so deal. All right, so first three this is the why. Why of, of personal responsibility. What does the Word of God say? So, number one, if you're writing this down, if you're writing this down, remember, people who take notes go to heaven. <laughs> number one, God has given us 
everything we need for living a godly life. If, if I were you, I would write that down. God has given me everything. I would make it personal. God has given me everything I need for living a godly life. See, your chains will tell you you're missing something. Your chains will, will give you, it will supply you with an infinite supply of excuses. Your chains will tell you, well, I don't have enough money to get out of debt. I don't have enough time to learn that new skill. I don't have enough love to forgive that person. I don't have the skill level to get that job. I don't have the, the, the opportunity to advance. It'll supply you with excuses until the day you die. It'll never stop. And you want to talk about somebody that can supply some excuses? Just look to your chains. The enemy will never shut up. Every time you try to take a step forward in your life, just, I mean, just, just I'm just going to move my toe. I'm just going to like inch forward to the line a little bit. Listen, the enemy will come running up behind you. You can't do that. You don't have enough. You don't need, you, you, you don't have the education. You've never, you're never going to add up to anything. You're never going to, he'll just start speaking into your life excuses. But see, the word of God takes away the excuses because God tells us when you're in Christ, I've given you everything you need to live a godly life. Now, why does it sometimes not feel like we've been given everything we need? Because sometimes we're not trying to live a godly life. You see, the supply in the Spirit for you to live a godly life, it's there for that purpose. And when you start going down a road that's sinful or selfish, God loves you so much, He won't bless something that will lead you to destruction. Now you want to know how to tap into this? Let me give you a little secret. Persist in prayer. Because when you go to God, and I've done this so many times, you go to God and you just, listen, you do this today, just go to God and tell Him all the reasons why you can't. Just tell Him, God, I can't do this, I don't have that, God, I'm missing this. Listen, every time you go to God and tell Him the reasons why you can't, you'll get a revelation of how you can. Don't believe me? Just read the book of Psalms. King David would go to God and he would say, Oh God, my enemies are surrounding me. I'm going to die. Today's the day, God. They're going to stab me with spears. They're going to destroy my house. God, there's no hope. And then three verses later, you read David going, Oh God, I put my hope in you. You always deliver me, God. God, you're so good. God, I trust in you. Listen, David wasn't schizophrenic. David just, when he, would take, when he would take it to God and give God his can't, God would always give him a revelation of his can. God would replace all of his human limitations with his divine supply. Because God has given you everything you need for living a godly life. Number two... It's His promises. Enable us to share in His divine nature. Listen, the enemy, the chains that seek to bind you and hold you down, they'll lie to you. They'll tell you things about your identity that aren't true. They'll sound true because they'll come to you and they'll say, well, you're just an old sinner, right? Because we're all sinners, right? We all wear that, yeah, I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. We find some kind of, I don't know, like it takes the pressure off of me or something. If I just say, well, you know, I'm just a sinner, and then we get trapped in some sinful or self-destructive habit. And what do we say? Well, you know, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. 
But listen, if you've come to Jesus, you're not an old sinner saved by grace. You were an old sinner saved by grace. You are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Bible says when you put your faith and hope in Jesus, and maybe you're sitting here today and say, well, I have never done that. Listen, you'll get an opportunity to today. In a moment, the Bible tells us that when we put our faith in Jesus and what he did for us, that he makes us a new creature in Christ. A new creation. All the old things are gone and all things are made new. So stop letting the enemy tell you about your identity. Because the word of God just told you that his promises, those great and those precious promises, that gold and that platinum, remember the treasure chest when I open it up and it's, oh, all those promises in the treasure chest, they enable you to share in the nature of God. So when the enemy says, well, you're just an old sinner. No, 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 no. I was, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus lives in me. That's the nature that I have. And I just want to give you a little personal tip on this one. How many of you have ever taken a personality test before? And those are so common now. I think I've taken a hundred of them. And I'm an ENFGP 7-2, I think. Um, I lose track. I need a spreadsheet to keep track of all my personality types. But, but you know what? God's not going to hold you responsible for how you came out. He's going to hold you responsible for how you end up. And we can't use our person. It's, it's useful. I'm not saying they're bad. They're great things. I love knowing your own you know, weaknesses or your own tendencies. That can be a, an advantage. But it's not an excuse to stay there. You can't say, well, I, I'm, I'm, my personality is this way, so I can be mean and hateful to people. That's not an excuse to not become like Jesus. Listen, if, you're, if you, people say, well, I'm an extrovert, I'm an introvert. Listen, there's not going to be two lines in heaven before God, the introverts and the extroverts. Well, the extroverts, they had to share the gospel, but the introvert, they get a free pass, right? I don't care how shy and inward you are. If Jesus has done something in you, he expects you to share it with somebody else. That's just being like Jesus. And so we share in his divine nature. Isn't that good? The third thing is we get to choose how fruitful we will be. We get to choose. Verse 8 tells us that if we add to our faith, if we do those things, that we can be useful and productive in the kingdom of God. And can I tell you a secret? You want this so bad you can't stand it. You don't even know you want it and you want it. We go through life frustrated because we're trying to fill that hole in our heart with all the wrong things. We're trying to put a round peg in a square hole because we're, we're looking to that relationship. We're looking to that job. Well, when I get that promotion, well, when my bank account hits X, then I'll feel happy. No, let me tell you something. You'll be happy the day you're fruitful for your master. When you become fruitful, productive for Jesus, let me tell you something. He's wired you to want it. You just don't know you want it. Sometimes if we've been lied to for long enough, we stop believing that and we believe a lie that we want all that other junk. And let me tell you something. Everything you can buy is, is one day going to be in a junkyard somewhere. You can buy a brand new car today in 20, 30, 40 years. Just put a car. At some point, it's going to be sitting in a junkyard. And at some point, you're going to stand before God. And on that day, what are you going to want to say? God, you should see that car I bought. And we'll justify it, right? Why don't we justify it? Man, but I got a good deal. Man, my payment went down 10 bucks. 
I'm telling you. I mean, I had to put four grand down, but my payment, it went down $10. Man, that car is so pretty, Lord. Is that what we're going to want to say? No, we're going to want to say, we're going to want to hear God say, well done, my good and faithful servant. We're going to hunger that, that we didn't waste our life, but we spent our life serving God. And so do you see these three points? It lays a foundation through God's word that there, there's no excuses because God's given me everything that I need. I, I'm not an old sinner. It's not, I can't just say, well, you know, that's just how I am. No, God has, through his promises, given me ability to share in his divine nature. And I, I get to choose how fruitful I'm going to be. You're not unfruitful because God don't want you fruitful. We choose how fruitful we're going to be. So that's three points. I'm going to honor my deal with you today. I got three more, and these are practical, okay? So I'm going to have you say some of these with me, all right? So this is how we take this scripture and we apply it to our life. And I got three areas for you that I think every one of us probably struggle in, or these are the areas that are the most common for us. Number one is relationships. Everybody say, it's not you, it's me. Makes you just want to, ugh. 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 It's not you, it's me? Like, that's not right. That's backward, right? It's, it's, it couldn't be me. I couldn't be the problem. Because in all my relationships, it's always someone else. But can I give you some grace today? It's not you, it's me. It doesn't mean that you're responsible for 100% of all your relationships. We just, we just recently changed some stuff with our life group requirements. And one of the requirements was to walk in total harmony in all your relationships. And I was like, wait a minute, stop. I don't think I can do that one. Because sometimes it don't depend on me, right? Look at what it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 18. It says, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Listen to this. If possible, doesn't that make you feel better right there? A good old if possible. Woo! Pressure just goes right down, doesn't it? Oh, thank you, Lord. So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Sometimes it don't depend on you. Sometimes people are bound, bent, and determined to be knuckleheads. And you can't talk them out of it. But you're responsible not for how they behave. You're responsible for how you behave. You're responsible in your relationships to demonstrate Jesus Christ. Now, how do we activate this kryptonite in our relationships? Because you want to have good relationships, right? Amen? We all want to have good relationships. All right, how do we do it? I'm going to give you some practical stuff right now. Three ways that we activate the kryptonite, that we take it out and we use this kryptonite in our life. Number one is we take responsibility for the expectations in our relationship. Two, we take responsibility for the communication in our relationship. And three, we take responsibility for the account balance in our relationship. And I'm going to explain these to you. So one, expectations. Two, communication. Three, the account balance. So number one, we're using our kryptonite. We're breaking through. We're going to have good relationships. So the key to that is having is taking personal responsibility for the expectations in your relationship. Now, I've been married. My wife's sitting right over there. Y'all are supposed to cheer for her. Give it up for my wife. Okay. She has to put up with me, y'all. I mean, she deserves a little bit of something. Um, I always like we've been happily married now over 20 years. And what I should say is I've been very happily married. She hasn't killed me yet. So, amen. But the way we've stayed happily married for over 20 years is before we got married, we talked about everything and we made sure we were together on our expectations. 
We didn't leave it up to chance. We talked about, are we going to have kids or are we not going to have kids? How many kids? What about your mom? What about my mom? What happens if this happens? Are you going to work or am I going to work? What happens if this happens? What happens if we disagree? What happens with our kids? How are we going to discipline our kids? Are we going to send them to private school, Christian school, public school? Like we talked about everything because we wanted to align our expectations, right? And, and I can't tell you how many times I've had married couples and they're on the, the throes of divorce and they're all been out of shape and one of the two people will come and say, I just don't know what to do with my marriage. This is falling apart. I'm like, what's going on? Well, he doesn't want to have kids. I'm like, how did that sneak up on you? You didn't discuss that? Like, isn't that like a big part of the deal? I mean, you should talk about all the things because if you're not aligned, you're going to run into problems. But why don't we do it? Here's why. Remember, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Here's the problem. We don't want God sometimes in a relationship because sometimes we're pursuing a relationship that's not so good. And we're afraid of losing the relationship. We know we're not aligned on our faith, on our desires for for kids, for future, for whatever it may be. But we don't say anything because we don't want to rock the boat. And you know what that's called? That's called deception. That's not good. So if you want to turbocharge your relationships, you want to kind of failure-proof them, make sure you know the expectations on both sides of the deal. Here's where it's practical. and If you write this down, God's going to hold you responsible. But this is one of those things you could do this week. Do you have anybody in your life, a spouse, a child, a coworker, a boss, a business partner, a client, anybody in your life that you're not clear on what their expectations are for you and you're not clear on what their expectations are for you. If you're not 100% clear on their expectations and they're not clear on your expectations, fix that today. Go home and fix it. Call them on the phone. Do it this week. Say, if I'm not clear on what their expectations are for me, you know what? I need to find that out. I don't need to leave it to chance and I don't need to leave it to them. I'm going to take responsibility. Amen? Amen. The second thing was communication. And this one's super simple. This one's super easy. Be a good listener. That's where all the wives are supposed to amen big time. Let me give you husbands some advice right here. Nothing makes my wife more angry than when she knows I'm not listening to her. She's sitting there talking and I'm going, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, I got it. Uh, right now. I got it all. And she's looking in my eyes going, you're not listening to a word I'm saying, are you? Listen, nothing shows honor to people in your life like being a good listener. If you want to have great relationships, listen, get clear on your expectations. Ask them what their expectations are, and here's the key, shut up. Let them talk and listen and repeat back to people what they've said to you. Hey, this is what I heard. Is that your heart? Did I hear you right? When you get together on expectations and you're a good listener, listen, you're going to have some great relationships. The last thing is taking responsibility for the account balance in your relationships. So listen, I'm a finance guy, so i got to bring this up. Every relationship in your life has got an account balance, and you better know where it's at. Because what happens when your account balance is on empty and you go to make a withdrawal? That's not good. Listen, don't leave it to them, and don't leave it to chance. I saw my other finance guy over shaking his head. He was like, amen, that's good. You go to make a withdrawal out of your bank account and it's on empty, what happens? We got problems. Listen, your relationship has an account balance too. Don't leave that to them. Don't leave that to chance. Know what that is. Number two, 
Number two, and this is the big one, spiritual lives. Spiritual lives. Everybody say, God expects a lot from me. That's counterintuitive because we've been told in America, like, God's just this benevolent, you know, he just, God doesn't have any expectations of us. Just come to church once a year and God's like, yeah, you're good, high five, you know, check the box, you're all right. And let me just tell you, that's not true. And can I tell you why that's such good news? Because if God was in heaven and you weren't pursuing him, you weren't attending church, you weren't giving, serving, you weren't pursuing the life that God had for you, and the angels came to God and they said, hey, Mary back here, she's she just not doing it, God. And God said, eh, I don't expect much out of Mary. That wouldn't be very good, would it? But when God hears your name and the angel says, I don't know, they're a little off track. God says, what, him, her? Why? Because God has big expectations about you. Because God knows there's something special inside of you. God knows there's something in you that's valuable and he wants to get it out. And so we need to take responsibility in our spiritual life. We need to take responsibility to pursue God, to know God, and to serve God. David says here in Psalms 42, he says, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come appear before God? Man, he's saying my soul thirsts for God. A few years ago, we had a little men's basketball league, and, and I was playing in it. And the one thing I learned was by the time I started feeling really thirsty, it was too late. My muscles started to cramp up. And I know I look like an amazing athlete, but don't laugh. I'm, rem- I'm taking notes. But truthfully, this body, I mean, I'm held together by rubber bands and duct tape. I mean, I'm just barely making it here. And so... I'm not, I, I didn't drink water all day long, and then I get to the basketball thing, and I'm playing, and I'm just trying to drink, you know, water, 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 water. And then all of a sudden, my back, my legs, everything's and I'm calling Tammy going, I'm coming in hot. Get the muscle relaxers, right? I can't walk. Why? Because I waited too late. Listen, that's how people treat God in church. We spend no time with God for a month. Our life's falling apart, and it's like, I need church. I need the pastor to pray for me. Listen, God didn't design you to live in spiritual dehydration. God designed you to live your life out of an overflow of time spent with Him. When you get thirsty, it's too late. Take responsibility to pursue God. Take responsibility to know God. I love this quote by A.W. Tozer. It says, the man who would truly know God must give time to Him. Must give time to Him. And too many believers are satisfied with their knowledge of God in His Word. Don't be satisfied. The way you grow your appetite, and this is something I do know about, is by eating. You want to be, you want to get where you can eat more? Eat. The more you eat, the more you're able to eat. And sometimes people say, well, I don't feel like reading the Bible. That's fine. Just read the Bible. You'll start feeling like it. The more you... The more you feed your spirit on the things of God, listen, the hungrier you're going to become for the things of God. You want to grow your appetite? Just begin to eat. The last thing is take responsibility to serve God. I've I've told this story in the past, but I wanted to look up this young lady's name. I wanted to make sure I got it right. Her name is Kitty Genovese. She was murdered brutally decades ago in New York City. It's a really sad story. And here's what was crazy about it. This young lady was attacked She was stabbed to death. But there were 38 neighbors in that alleyway that heard or witnessed 
her being attacked. 38. None of them called the cops. None of them went to help her. The police canvassed the neighborhood afterwards getting, you know, reports from people. 38 that they knew of is probably more than that. And they asked each person, why didn't you call? Why didn't you, why didn't you help? Why didn't you do something? And they all said the same thing. They said, I thought someone else would do it. So these social scientists, they got together and this intrigued them. They read this story. They said, that's so sad. Well, I don't get it. And so they did a study, and this is what their study proved. When someone needs help and there's an innocent bystander involved, someone needs assistance. When there's one person, one bystander, they'll help 85% of the time. 85%. But when it goes to two, it drops to 62%. When it goes to five or more, it drops to 31%. Now look around you today in this room. There's more than five people in here. What does that tell you? It tells you if we're not taking responsibility, we're going to be like that 31%. And here's the truth. There's a lost, hurting, dying world out there that needs Jesus. Don't be the type of person that would say, someone else will call. Someone else will do it. No, get in the game. Make sure you're taking responsibility, not just to pursue God, not just to know God, but to serve God. Because God has put something special in you. Someone is waiting on the other end of your obedience. Someone that only you can reach. Man, don't be that person. Amen? Amen. The last and final point, and this one's an easy one, finances. I want everybody to say there are only three. There are only three. And this is why I say that. Because finances, everybody gets all nervous and in their head because, oh, finances are so complicated. How am I going to be responsible for that? I've got, I need a spreadsheet, right? I need a computer. I need a financial advisor. Like, that's all complicated. It's not complicated at all. Listen, you can only do three things with your money. You can spend it, you can save it, or you can give it. Think it through. That's all you can do. You can spend it, you can save it, or you can give it. And what I want to tell you today is you need to take responsibility for your finances. Listen, we live in the greatest country in the world financially. Most of the time as Americans, we don't have a, a money problem. We have a spending problem too many times. The Bible says in Proverbs 21.20, it says, Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwellings, but a foolish man devours it all. A foolish man devours it, eats it up. He consumes it on himself. I had a client years ago who was buying a house, and he was a young man in his 20s. He had some form of disability. I don't know what it was, but he was clearly disabled. But he worked a job, very modest job. I think he stocked shelves or something. But he was very faithful. He worked hard. He saved his money. And this young man came to me. He wanted to buy a home. And he not only had recently paid off an almost brand new truck, he had a 20% down payment for his house. He had money left over after that, and he had perfect credit. When I sat down at the application with this young man, I looked at his parents and I said, man, y'all have done a great job helping him. And they looked back at me and they said, we haven't done anything. He runs his own money. Listen, if he could do it, what's our excuse? Money is not an intelligence thing. It's a behavior thing. We have to take responsibility for our spending. We have to take responsibility for our saving. Make sure that you're putting some money back. Have a plan with your money. Don't leave it to chance. And lastly, take responsibility for your giving. 
I wanted to end on this point because it is Kingdom Builders Month. And we talk a lot about giving, about generosity, about commitments, but, but why is it important to have a commitment? I believe it's because when you have a commitment, you have a target for your faith. You put a demand on your faith in God that, God, I want to do something big and I want to get you involved in it. Listen, many of you in this room give generously, but I want to challenge you with this. Do you have a strategy, and this is that practical thing you can write down and you can do this week. Do you have a strategy to increase your margin so you can give away more next year than you did this year? And listen, if you don't, can you really call yourself generous? I believe God is always looking to give to us. We heard that through his great and precious promises that we share in his nature. If God is a giver, shouldn't I be? The number one reason people say they can't give is because they can't afford to give. The way you can afford to give is by creating margin in your own life. By choosing to take responsibility and saying, you know what? I'm going to do something different this year so I've got a little bit more margin so I can give a little bit more. So I can bless someone else who's in need. And how many of you know when you have that heart, when you go to God and say, God, I want your help. I want to create margin in my life so I can give to others, so that I can give to you, so that I can be generous. How many of you think God's up in heaven going to say, eh, cut off, cut them off. No more blessings for them. Is that what God's going to do? No, when we make margin in our life, I believe God gets up off his throne. There's never a time when you're more like God than when you're generous. You heard it earlier, for God so loved the world that he, that he gave. That's why we're here, because God gave. Would you stand on your feet with me today? I want to challenge you in two areas. Now, maybe you're a believer. Maybe you'd say, I'm a Christian. I know Jesus is my Lord and Savior. He lives in my heart. I've put my faith and trust in Him. That's awesome. But even as a believer, you just heard God's Word that sometimes we, we don't choose. We don't make the right choices about the responsibility in God's promises. And we have to respond. And if that's you today and you'd say, man, I'm a believer, I love God, I know, but there's an area of my life where the chains have gotten a little tight. I want you to think about what that area is today. And I want you to, to write it down. Share it with somebody. Get somebody to hold you accountable for it. Say, I'm going to take responsibility in my finances this year. I'm going to take responsibility with my spending. I'm going to take responsibility to pursue God like never before. I'm going to take responsibility to know God. I'm going to take responsibility in my marriage. Whatever that thing is for you, write it down, and we're going to pray together. But I'm going to ask you for just a moment to bow your head and close your eyes. And if you're someone here today that you maybe have never received Jesus as your personal Savior before, you've heard this good word today that God loves you, that He's got promises for you, the first and most important thing in life to take responsibility, to respond to, is to respond to what Jesus did for you. Jesus came, He died for you, and God is going to hold you responsible for what you do with that gift. The Bible says if you want to receive it, all you have to do is believe. All you have to do is believe. Put your faith in Jesus 
and to confess him with your mouth. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that right now. We're going to pray together. No one's looking around. This is a moment just between you and God. And man, I don't want you to walk out of here today without that relationship with a God that loves you that much. He loves you. If you're joining with us online, there's a button you can click if you want to raise your hand and pray with us today. If that's you right now, and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand. We're going to say this prayer together. I just want to see who I'm praying for. Just lift your hand up high. And then we're going to pray this prayer together. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I believe. I believe you came, you died, and you rose again. I'm going to take responsibility today. I'm going to respond to that gift. Come and live in my heart. Change me. Make me new. I'm no longer an old sinner. I'm a saint. You've changed me. Thank you, Lord. And I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to respond to your promises in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this message, we encourage you to spread the word. Share with your friends and family on social media and make sure you subscribe to hear a new message every week. Really love the message? Well, we want to hear from you. Make sure to leave us a review below. Want more Freedom House content? Follow us on Instagram at Freedom House and subscribe to Freedom House Church on YouTube. We hope you are equipped to experience all that God has for you this week, and we'll see you for our next Freedom House Church weekend message.